Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Advantage and the Fiddle Picks YouTube channel. I am your host, Michael Fiddle. Today is Thursday, October 12th, and today we are breaking down the Week 6 DFS board. Full slate breakdown, doing the value options at the bottom, mid-tier options in the middle, and of course, we're going to break down those high spends. Anyone priced over $7,000 at every single position and give you the tips and the tricks and the stacks and the GPP pivots and all the inside information who the optimizers are playing that you need to win a million dollars. Joining me as he does every Thursday is Alexander Cohen. AC, bring in the heat. How are you doing this week? Doing great, Mike. Looking forward to another week of making some money for some people and uh, talking some football. Let's get after it. I started last pod by quickly mentioning that you were 6-0 ATS in the spreads that you've given out on the show, you are now eight. No on picks that you've given out against the spread on the show. So I think we're going to be in store for hopefully two more at the end. Am I right? Correct. We are. We'll be, I have two more for you. hundred percent. Don't feel great about it. And not going to toot my own horn because like I said last week, don't want to mess with the gambling gods. So, Hey, let's just keep trying along. Stay on my beer. Yeah, we're just gonna we're just gonna mention it each episode, but act like we're not mentioning it. Anyways, let's start off with the quarterbacks and go through these high options and get right into it and talk about how Patrick Mahomes, Nick Knack Paddywhack, is playing on the Thursday night game. Josh Allen is playing in, I think, the Sunday night game. Uh Justin Herbert, your guy, is playing in the Monday night game. So we're left with a quarterback slate where Jalen Hurts is really the only true spend up eight thousand two hundred dollars. Philadelphia Eagles at the very good New York Jets. So that's something I'm very interested to hear if you like that matchup because Hurts seems to be matchup proof and in a field where the rest of the quarterbacks aren't the strongest on the slate. Coming in shortly after him is Tua, 7,600, home against the Carolina Panthers. That one might be a blowout. Justin Fields on a tear these last two weeks and Kirk Cousins right next to each other, round out those players priced over $7,000. In the Fields versus Cousins matchup, they're literally both in plus matchups according to Fantasy. They're in the Windy City in Chicago. They're both $200 priced between each other. So, Alex, my question to you is twofold to start off the show. One, who's the high-priced quarterback that you like? And then if you had to simply choose in that matchup, Kirk or Fields, who's your pick? Yeah, so in terms of high-priced quarterback, I, I, I still am going to go with Tua. Like, from what I said last week, you know, Carolina technically has a decent pass defense for what that's worth, but their offense is not going to be good against the Dolphins, and the Dolphins will get the ball back a ton and be great. Um, so, look, if you're going to spend high on a quarterback, I think the Hurts is just way too much. Like like you said, the Jets' defense is good. Are they going to be great this week against Hurts? I don't know, but – Again, when it comes to the Jets, I'm extremely biased, so I don't like to give out my picks, although I did tell you that they would beat the Broncos last week. That being said, between Kirk and Fields, I think that you got to go with Fields. You know, Kirk at Chicago, outside, it, it just doesn't make me feel great without JJ. I, I think that Fields has shown again, and we've talked about this in, in past weeks, that he just has that potential to be an unbelievable fantasy player. Um, in any given week because of the rush potential. And now it seems like they're starting to find a little bit of a groove on offense, but not really. But, hey, the Vikings aren't good. And, uh, yeah, if, if you're going to give me those two options, two to spend up, 
stay away from Hurts maybe because you never know. It could be a letdown game. The Jets are at home coming off a big win. Maybe their defense steps up. But, uh, hey, Fields and two out of those two guys, give them to me. Can I tell you the real reason why I asked you specifically the Fields versus Cousins? There's a girl that I've been talking to and testing the waters with, like we're Kelsey and Swift, uh, kind of seeing if it's going to work and maybe traveling to see each other pretty soon. And uh, we're both superstars in our own right as well. But she has Fields and Cousins on her team, and she asks me every week, Fields or Cousins? In the last two weeks, I've told her Cousins, and I've been dead wrong on the field, so I kind of want to take myself out of that conversation and throw it to someone else's hands to actually possibly help wow. her out. So now, so now you're, you're, you're she's going to not talk to me because I give bad advice. No, no, she's going to also be mad at you that, or she's going to be mad at me that I gave her bad advice. So, hey, I, I understand you putting the load. There you go. I could pawn okay. it off on you. There you go. Smart move. Smart, um, move. Smart man. I asked her what Kelsey and Swift were and if it was actually serious. And she goes, I think they're uh, just testing the waters. And I'm like, sounds familiar. <laughs> hey, you, did you see that she's she's coming to the game this week? That's for Yeah, sure. she'll be there tonight. Yeah. She'll be on the yeah, screen. She'll be there tonight. Chiefs by a million. Chiefs by a million. Chiefs by a million. All right. So going down the quarterback options, um, when we get to the mid-tier and values, Anthony Richardson on IR. Two that I really want to talk about are Trevor Lawrence home divisional matchup against the Colts, but the Jags offense looks to be clicking. You're a Jags truther on this pod, a big supporter of them every week. So I'm curious to see your perspective on that, but also Matthew Stafford, 6,100. These are the two names that I'm seeing across the optimizers when I look at who's being played. So it's actually, even in cash lineups, people going away from Jalen Hurts, people going away from Tua, people not playing into that matchup that we just talked about but it's a lot of Lawrence and Stafford. So do you have a preference as to one of those that you were looking at for mid-tier that you could just settle the debate? Or was there just a different option in that mid-value that you liked? No, 100% what you just said is what I agree with this week. I wouldn't spend for any of the high option guys. Like, you know, you gave me the option of those couple guys to pick from, but I would stay away from And normally, normally we do. And normally this show recommends go for a high-priced quarterback. So this says something this week. It's because Mahomes isn't on the slate. It's because uh, Allen isn't on the slate. It's because Herbert isn't on the slate. It's because Hurts has a tough matchup even within that. So there's so many factors this week. Sorry to cut you off. No, no, no. It's all good. And it's true. And and, and it's great that you mentioned that because one of the first things I've ever said on this podcast is that when it comes to DFS, like I think that sometimes biting the bullet on quarterback is always the best move because that could be your highest – floor and potential boom ceiling. So that being said, this week, I think I see some value like kind of not doing that, especially because a lot of the quarterbacks are out. If you wanted to talk about some of the guys you named, I would go Stafford over Lawrence, but the guy that I see is Brock Purdy. Like I don't get why he's $5,600 still. Like I understand that the Cleveland's coming off a bye, and I guess they have a good pass defense, but they're just a juggernaut. Like, it doesn't matter who he's throwing to, whether it's a running back or a wide receiver, it's open or if it's in the red zone. Like, he's going to put up a baseline of points at this point. And he also has the chance that if they do be stingy, if they are stingy in the red zone, that they're going to not rely on the run and they're going to, you know, make Purdy on the move. And this guy's honestly elite. And we'll get into that another time. But I am the biggest Brock Purdy fan. I, I think that he is unbelievable and he's a young Tom Brady and everyone will figure it out at one point. 
San Francisco 49ers total points scored this season for their own team total 42, 35, 30, 30, 30. So there's a reason why we call him. Quarterback's going to put up some pretty good points if there's offense scoring that much numbers. Can we agree on that? There's a reason why we call him Brock 30 or 30 Brock and and reference the old show, but um, because they put up 30 every single week. The only reason I would go against this, Alex, and then it gives me to point out one other one just to play devil's advocate here. Playing in Cleveland, which might be the second best defense behind the 49ers this year, coming Cleveland coming off their bye, and Cleveland likely without Watson. So I think that game is just going to be really ugly. There's a 37 and a half in the total on the market. So I just think if you're going other directions, there's going to be just so much more scoring in that game. But of course, the 37 and a half might mean another 30 from the 49ers and seven from the Browns without a quarterback, but PJ Walker starting. But no, the those one are, guy, those are, those are all great points. And what I will say, if you really want to go on a fire this week for quarterback, Gardner Minshew revenge game, high scoring game, Colts and Jacks. Just give saying. me, give me, give me Desmond Ritter. Also Ooh, the same right. price as Minshew, but going against a Washington Commanders D that, as we keep talking about, thirty points. The Commanders give up thirty points every single week, and we know Ritter's got that rushing ability. So they, in a they're, BP they're coming, situation, I actually buy, love they're, Ritter. Oh no, they're not coming up a buy. They're coming up a mini buy, though, right? They were on Thursday last night against the Bears, correct? Exactly. Yeah. They're so they're on the ten days rest so on the road. A little bit of a mini buy with it with a, with talented defense, but no, I I do agree with that. And the Falcons clearly found something last week for sure. Raiders interesting in a GPP. Let's go over to the running backs. Christian McCaffrey, nine thousand five hundred dollars. Uh, do you just drop twenty percent on one player in one spot? It's kind of intriguing because he is an absolute force. Devon Achain is the second highest priced guy on the board and he's like on IR. So he's not even an option, but I just want to shout him out. That's insane that he's skyrocketed that quick. David Montgomery, 7,300. He has been rock solid, steady Eddie with the volume and the goal line work. Brian. Oh no, it's Bijan Robinson. I do that every single week. 7,200 Bijan kind of always catching our eye. I think the guy that I would like in the high spends, Travis Etienne, Josh Jacobs, round out the guys over $7,000. And I will just add Alvin Kamara to the list because the over is trending in that game. And he's coming off two weeks ago getting 13 receptions. And Derek Carr is a hurt shoulder. So if he's dumping off to Kamara, Kamara might just feast in a full point DraftKings PPR again. From Kamara up on this board, Alex, who's your guy? Yeah, I mean... I was hoping Kamara was going to still be in the middle bracket, but yeah, no, he's a beast. He's going to be a beast in this offense uh, all year long going forward. That's for sure. Um, but, you know, I've given Bijan out every single week, and now all of a sudden he's discounted because he's not really producing as much as he wanted to. Little, It does scare me a little bit with Washington's defense coming up a bye. Like, they're going to be game planning for Bijan for two weeks, even though he hasn't been, like, killing it. Still, obviously, they're bread and butter, knowing our um, – um, Oh, what's the tight? What's the coach's name of the uh, Falcons? Why am I blanking? Arthur Smith. Yeah, Arthur Smith's offense. You know he's going to keep feeding Bijan. If you're going to really spend up, 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 go Christian McCaffrey. You know, if you have the money to spend elsewhere, go Christian McCaffrey. Um, this guy's literally scoring what, like two and a half touchdowns a week over the last like 
16. I think he's got 13 straight games with a touchdown. It's absurd. Like, it's, ab- it's absolutely absurd. I look at his prop line every week, and it's like minus 175 to score a touchdown. And I'm like, I can't actually bet a minus 175 to score a touchdown, but that calculates with a 63% implied probability. And the truth is he's smashing that. So it's it's still a good bet. And provides good value. everything together, what I was saying, like if you have the money to spend on Christian, spend it. If not, yeah. and you, your RB1 to be Kamara. I love that too. I like uh, I like Bijan. I like Kamara. I like Montgomery. I think I'll go back to just that point total in that game is potentially so ugly, and the Browns defense is potentially so good. When that Browns 49ers line first opened, Alex, it was plus minus three. Granted, we thought Watson was going to be playing, but that is, I know I can see your face and everyone in the YouTube video. I hope you just checked out Alex's reaction. If not, rewind 10 seconds and look at it. <laughs> that was the biggest trap spot in the world. It was asking for all the money in the world to come in on the 49ers. And I was just wondering if the book was going to hold firm and take it. So there was not only just a low total, but early indicators of a potentially massive trap game here. So I kind of want to avoid it. I do think playing McCaffrey and playing Purdy and playing those guys, it makes for a good GPP option because it's not going to be played into that much given McCaffrey's price tag, given Purdy's potential scoring load. See, that's where we differ. My face was for a different reason of you. That line should be what it is now, regardless of Watson was playing. The 49ers wow. are a different animal. And it comes back to why I gave the Dolphins last No, they're, 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 they're minus seven now. Yeah, no. Oh, they're only minus seven now? Yeah. On the road at Cleveland coming off a bye. But they opened as uh, a minus maybe, three maybe, point favorite. Maybe, maybe I have three picks then at the end of this. We'll, we'll see what happens. All right, so we'll keep on going. But moving down the running backs board and going into some of the mid-tiers, Kyron Williams is a name I will always mention because his workload remains so elite. Right out, Mike, Mike, shout out you. You you crushed it on the Kyron Williams train. You you, you grabbed Shout him. out to Kyron just saving all of my fantasy season. Best ball drafts I had him for season-long fantasy I have him. I play him pretty much every week in DFS. Kyron? I love you, and I'll probably be sending you some sort of Venmo at the end of the year because I do that to athletes all the time. I find obscure athletes that win me money, and I Venmo them. How much? One cent? Not much. Like, you know when Paul Skeens was the first pick in the MLB draft? Oh, of course. LSU, right? So I won a big amount of money on Paul Skeens, and I Venmoed him after. There was only one Paul Skeens account on all of on all of uh, Venmo. I think I found the right guy. From being serious, isn't Paul Skeens also killing it with uh, what's her face? The LSU gymnast? yeah, Livy Dunn. Yeah, this is a loaded pod. We're going away. That guy is winning at life. All right, let's get back on track. Okay, so Kyron, shout out my guy. He'll be getting a Venmo from me. Six thousand five hundred Mostert right next to him. Six thousand four hundred. That's really the crux of the mid tier, in my opinion, because of the volume of both those players and because eight chain going on IR. Jeff Wilson coming off IR. So does that mean big workload for Mostert again? Probably. Uh, So that's the direction that I would go. The Zach Moss and Jonathan Taylor situation seems to just be so gross with them both priced over 6,000. I mean, if you get it right, it might be good, but I wouldn't play that game. I would just go elsewhere. And then the other guy to shout out to you is Brees Hall, who you nailed the call last week on Brees. Salah says he's coming off this this snap restriction. And the one thing that we've pinned the Eagles for is that their defense hasn't really been up to snuff this season, right? Like they had to score 34 against the commanders. So is Brees your guy? No, not this week. 
No, no, absolutely not. Just because the Jets are so one-dimensional potentially against a, a defense like the Eagles that can rotate a defensive line. And, like, if they just say, hey, you know, we're going to make Zach Wilson play us, that's probably what I would do if I was the uh, Eagles coaches, right? Like, Zach Wilson's played kind of well the last two weeks. But, hey, we just put up 172 on, like, 22 carries. Like, why would they ever give him a chance with those interior defensive linemen that they have be able to – like to be able to rotate. I just think like their game plan going in is like Brees Hall is not going to do anything against us. Like if we're going to lose Zach Wilson has to have a game of his life. That's just what I think the game plan is going to be. So for that reason, no Brees this week, although you're right. I did Dale last week, but that being said, Raheem Mostert is the obvious option, right? Like yep. th- there, there's no way that you can't not pay for Raheem Mostert in one lineup. So I won't even talk about that that much because it's so obvious. The other guy, that, though, that I really, really do like is um, – what's his name? Uh, Joe Mixon. I think that Joe Mixon, again, now, because the offense and the throwing game of the Bengals started to come to fruition, that the Seahawks coming off of a bye are going to be like, hey, we're not going to let Jamar Chase have 1,000 yards and 1,000 touchdowns on us again. And that the <laughs> Bengals are starting to get healthy and Joe is moving around. Like Joe Mixon is somebody who has been – you know, a season-long fantasy producer of, like, top eight running back every time. And it just feels like to me that, you know, with the uh, interior linemen that the Seahawks lost and all the weapons healthy now on the outside of the Bengals, that, like, they're going to obviously look for Chase and that it's going to open up some lanes for Nixon. And I also see the Bengals moving the ball again consistently and getting it in the run game to get into the end zone. So Joe Mixon is the guy I like again. I like him. I see his name popping up on some of the optimizers, so I don't think you're far off in projecting some real value there. Going to the lower spend options, Deontay Foreman, Tuba Hubbard, and DeMarcado, or slash Keontae Ingram, were the few people that I just want his name to throw out there. Uh, To me, the guy from that group would probably be Foreman if Roshan Johnson's out. If not, you can maybe look towards Roshan Johnson. Uh, Chuba Hubbard in a full point DraftKings PPR has been getting a lot of the passing work and he's playing against Miami. So is he going to be required to do a lot because they're going to be in a losing game script? I think that's kind of sneaky. And then there's DeMarcado, Keontae Ingram situation, uh, James Conner out and on the IR. So we will see who takes over. But if you have any inkling or if you follow any Arizona beat writers, it seems like the two have been bouncing and which are projected. So just stay tuned to some beat writers out of Arizona. I don't think me or Alex can give you that strong of a lean here that we either of us feel good about, but those are the names in the bottom barrel running backs that I think are somewhat playable. Foreman, Hubbard, DeMarcado. We will address that on the Saturday core four and check in some final injury reports if we have them then. Alex, let's go over to wide receiver. Wait, hold on. That's um, a low spin. I didn't get to tell you the guy. Oh, you have one? one? You have one? Cam Akers, baby. Give Dude. me Cam Akers. Give That's me why Cam, I didn't let you talk. Give me Cam Akers. Now he's gotten to the offense. He's their number one running back against the Chicago Bears. Like, they're a terrible defense. Like, this is a good offense when Kirk wants to make the right decisions. Now this guy is going to be incorporated to the offense for another Wait, game. where's Madison? I don't know where Madison is. I just know that Cam Akers is the better running back. Madison Cam is, Akers did yeah, take the job? Madison is above him. Cam Akers... Take Cam Akers over Alexander Madison. 
Whoa, that's a sneaky one. All right, if that plays out in a GPP and hits, that could be huge. Of course, that game could be very high scoring. So that's that's fucking sneaky. Just so you if know, you, I don't know if anyone knows this, but like the the Vikings, O'Connell has like connections with the Rams, Rams, right? Acres and like he's a big fan yep. of them. There's a reason why they traded for him. Like once he starts getting going, there's a reason why they traded for Acres. Like what do we always say? Follow the money, follow the trades. Like they could have been doing Madison. They didn't need to trade for Acres. They traded for him because Madison isn't as dynamic as he needs to be within a third down, like a, a full offense of this. Cam Akers right. could be really, really good. All right. Fair enough. Would you recommend going to trade for Cam Akers in your season-long leagues or scooping him off the waiver wire if he's there? Do you have them? And do you want me to have him or something? And you want me to trade for him? No, but I know who does, and he's often a guest on this podcast, and his name's Gibby Graves. Hold my dick. <laughs> All right. <laughs> let's go over to the wide receiver room. Tyreek Hill comes on the top of the board, 9,300. You Shot. literally can't say anything wrong about Tyreek. Well, if you're playing, who, who was the player that I paid most for in our fantasy league this year? Tyreek. And oh, if you're oh, certainly yeah. paying up for Tua this week in DFS, you grab Tyreek. Justin Jefferson on IR. We could skip him. The rebound of Cooper Cup is in full effect. Uh, it's already $9,000. You get absolutely no discount on it one bit but it's still very interesting because the dude is an absolute machine and he's playing against Arizona in a game that should be high scoring. He's coming off an eight for 118 game and this guy in a full point PPR, he gets 20 points every fucking week. So if you need someone on like two, 2.5 X, their value projections, Cup's pretty much a lock. Jamar Chase, welcome back to Jamar Chase in the over $8,000 club, everybody. Welcome back, Chase, where you belong. I'm always fucking open, says Jamar Chase. And now he rejoins his lovely brothers in the $8,000 club. Uh, Puka Nakua joins the $8,000 club. I'm going to just leave it at that. I'm not playing Puka Nakua at 8000 bucks with the return of Cup. Uh Devontae Adams, questionable, 8,100, but he has been playing despite being questionable. I always love Devontae. He's had games with 20 targets already this year. That's insane. Amon, uh, Amon Ross St. Brown looks like he's going to play. A.J. Brown is on a tear. Jalen Waddell, I'm just going through all the $7,000 names. Mike Evans, Devonta Smith, those names don't really pique my interest at those prices. I'm more looking. Devontae, Cup, Tyreek. Who do you like for high spend wide receiver um, options? So I, I will say this is that I, I love Amon Ross St. Brown this week if he plays, but I will also be saying what I also will say is like be very uh, weary at the uh, weather in Tampa. There, there, it looks like yeah, it's supposed be, to be windy. Yeah, no storms too. Like it could be, Great. it could be, it could be passing storms, but it could be storm storms. So just Great. be careful that be under forty six. Yeah, well, yeah, sure. If you want to go that way, true. Just, I'm just saying, like Amon is a great value this week if the weather is good, but it doesn't look great. Um, other than that, in terms of high spend, you know that I love spending high on wide receivers. This is another week where I'm going to kind of go the opposite, and like I really don't think that there's a guy that like I'm in love with to spend over like seven seventy five hundred dollars with. So, just so I don't have to give you anyone fake, let's just go into the guys that I really like real quick. And yeah. Calvin Ridley at $6,700 and Garrett Wilson at $6,000 and Nico Collins at $5,600. So, you know, those three guys are guys that I think are going to have good weeks. Uh, We talked about the Jets and, you know, I I gave you Brees Hall last week and I normally don't like giving out Jets and Zippo Cobb about it, but I just think that game script against the Eagles and like having Zach Wilson 
having to target and having one-on-one opportunities with Wilson, you know, kind of reciprocating what I was saying about Brees not having opportunities, right? Like Brees is going to get one, I sorry, Wilson's going to get one-on-one opportunities because they're going to load the box. So like Wilson is obviously a stud and there's going to be chances for shots and there's that chance for a big touchdown, who knows? But I also think the 10 target plus volume will be there for him this week. Does Zach Wilson suck and he doesn't connect on those? Yes, but for the value he's getting, I could see him being like a very big pock off. And like that kind of goes into the same exact logic of the other guys I named. It's just they're not playing great defenses. They're playing weird games. And I think game script and volume could make them have a, a great week. And the, the other wide receivers that are high priced, I, I just think that it's not what I like to see in terms of matchups. I actually agree with all of those names. I think Garrett Wilson's probably going to be a core four for me at that price. He's too good to be priced six thousand dollars. It's like a simple talent versus opportunity. And, and, and games are great. Okay. Yeah, okay. and a great matchup and home, and it just checks all the boxes. And the big change the Jets have made since playing the Broncos is they've started throwing down on throwing on first down way more often. So that's gonna you know give Garrett Wilson a lot more opportunity share. I think that's the big reason why Brees was afforded more room was because the defense was playing back a little bit. So now maybe the defense steps up again because it's this Eagles team and then it opens something up over the top. So that's I kind of make another point on that because the yeah. NFL is one of the best advice I ever got in terms of like betting on the NFL or understanding the NFL. It's a matchups, 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 but it's a week to week adjustment league. Like yes. when People fall in love sometimes with like saying like, oh, this is always the standard. No, no, no. Especially this early in the season, it's adjustments. It's changes. If you see that, like Brees went up for 172, guess what? The Eagles are going to come up in and there's going to be chances. And it sounds so obvious, but it happens every single And it's the Eagles' strength by nature too. So I think we're both saying the same thing with different words and making great points at that. I agree with everyone you said in the value options. I mean, the mid-tier options. Is there anyone value options that you like if I could throw it to you for wide receiver? Like go like way down, way down there. Um, yeah, just like cheap. Like, is it a Robert Woods week? He's being played by Rondell, a lot of the optimizers. Rondell like, Moore. I think Rondell Moore. Maybe not this week because the Rams are pretty good at defense. But maybe going forward, DFS. I picked him up in another league. I actually think this is the week to grab him because yeah, he's going to be used in some running gadget plays. Yeah. No, he. Um. I, I don't know. I, I don't know if anyone watched the Cardinals game last week, but I watched the Cardinals game. I watch every game back over, but. He clearly has shown that when he gets targets, he produces yards. He's incredibly hard to tackle, great hands, knows how to get yards, and is and is reliable. Um, they're going to need to throw game script-wise this week, and Josh Dobbs obviously is not the best thrower down the field, so they keep now making more plays for Rondell Moore in the short passing game because his after-the-catch is so explosive. I'll give you three that I – Kind of like Drake London, 4,800. I oh think my that's God. Drake London's that cheap. I love that. Yes. Yeah. Especially if you want to stack with Ritter in a GPP and then just have McCaffrey and Tyreek because you've saved so much money between those guys and correlated a stack. Will I be doing that in one lineup? Yes, I will. Uh, the other one I like is Kendrick Bourne. I think. Patriots are going to have some injured receivers. Patriots cannot possibly be getting worse than they've done. Uh, they're going to put some points on the board. And the flip side of that is Bill Belichick always dominates against his former coaches, and he's playing on the road versus McDaniels, coming off the two worst losses of his career. So I would kind of be interested in the Patriots' angles and playing into a Kendrick Bourne. And then the last one worth mentioning is the guy Michael Wilson for the Cardinals. 
his snap count and his opportunity share is just really high and it's been growing every week and he's still a discount price. Also being played by plenty of optimizers. You just only play one of those guys. You're not playing Rondale and Wilson and you're not and like Hollywood's even Hollywood Brown is even played by some optimizers. So you play one of these Carolina wide receivers, I think is a good option, but not all three. Let's go over to tight end. Uh, and it's Hawkinson top of the board. That seems like an obvious one. Laporta pops up with an injury designation today. Uh, about 20 minutes after I see him, tra- uh, was he trade? No, after 20 minutes after I see Dallas Goddard traded in my in our fantasy league, I noticed that the guy who traded Goddard only did so because Sam Laporta was balling out as his tight end. And then 20 minutes after he pops up on the injury report, not practicing. So I don't really know what that is besides hilariously ironic for my fantasy league. But we'll check back later in the week and hope Laporta is okay and gets oh, out wow. there. I'm uh, so glad that you didn't mention that. It's just more proof that you're the luckiest fantasy player of all time because that's what Honig tested me. So I was like, dude, what what can I do? Like, all I did was make a trade. Yeah, Honig tested me. He's like, this is proof you're the luckiest fantasy player of all time. Bro, I, I, you are, me. guys. The reason why I've, I've, can you, can I have – Can you tell me a favorite real quick? I traded Najee Harris and Nico Collins for Dallas Goddard and Jameer Gibbs, and I needed a running back because Connor went on IR. Then, unfortunately, for the guy who traded me Goddard, had Laporta, and <laughs> he was able to trade Goddard because he had Laporta, and then about two hours later, Laporta got on the injury list. So, snooze you lose. I guess I'm lucky again. Continue. <laughs> the reason why Alexander's on this pod every week is because the running joke in our group of friends is that he sold his soul to the fantasy devil. So he knows how to do fantasy football, but uh, I don't know what else he's doing, what kind of people he's killing or blood he's drinking or something like that, Doing liver, taking liver king's pills and whatnot, eating organs and bull testicles. He's doing something to get to be 8-0 against the spread in this pod and uh, always dominating in fantasy. Anyways. Let's go over to tight end. Well, like we talked about, we're talking Hawkinson. We're talking Laporta, Kittle, Goddard, Komet, Ingram. There are no elite tight ends in football except for Travis Kelsey. And for like the third or fourth time already, Travis Kelsey's not on the main slate because the Chiefs always play in prime time. Chiefs game kicks off in 12 minutes as we record this. Who do you like in the tight end? I'm just going to throw to you for just like one blanket option. Who's your tight end? Um, Easy. I mean you got to go with Logan Thomas. Everyone thinks that, right? Everyone thinks you got to go with Logan Thomas. That's the obvious. The optimizers are actually all Kyle Pitts, so I wasn't going to say it, but there I said it. I'm being sarcastic. Nobody likes Logan Thomas this week, but guess what? He's going to have a huge week. The the Falcons linebackers are kind of sketchy. They don't really know how to play pass defense. Logan Thomas, when he's healthy, he's a touchdown monster. And also – the Falcons defense is pretty good on the outside with AJ Terrell and all those guys, and especially, you know, over the top. The middle of their defense is the sketchy part. And you know that the Washington Redskins want to kind of try to start with, you know, Robinson and establish a run because they do have, you know, the pay for sure. So, the, you know, they want to try to, like, establish that running in the middle. Guess what? Logan Thomas is a huge target, and I think that they are going to start utilizing, and especially against this weak, you know, middle of the defense Falcons group. And I could see him having a huge week. Do you chase Kittle's five thousand dollar price tag coming off three touchdowns? Um, I do no, not. It's not that expensive. I, I but, do not because of the. It, it, but but you also, Mike, you have to understand, like considerably 
it's it's expensive towards the position. So like, yes, if you saved on other players in other spots, he's a lock and load tight end a hundred percent. But I don't know. I just think that there is cheaper options for guys to pop off for, you know, one or two touchdowns. You want to know what I would legitimately do? And I'm half serious, three quarters serious and one quarter joking at this point, find a four sided, four sided die or do something with four sides and four options in it, or randomizer with four choices and just choose between the four people in the exact order, in the exact price tag between Dalton Schultz, Zach Ertz, Kyle Pitts and Logan Thomas. They all have, relatively good workloads recently and they all have kind of plus matchups right now just fucking pick a random guy and hope you get it right <laughs> yeah no I, I i can't say that i disagree with that i think that that's fair advice optimizers are playing pits and Ertz. uh i personally prefer Ertz in that group because of the pits problems and the fact that i kind of like drake london if i had to choose one falcon this week and i like Bijan too so that's kind of my opinion there. Nothing really too strong. Defense. Any defenses that you particularly like this week? Um, so I particularly always will like the Niners defense. Um, you know, the only thing is that I will say is that Cleveland's coming off a bye. So, you know. But, but Cleveland's if- not going to have a quarter. Like, like it is going to be P.J. Walker. There, the, You are paying $4,000 for the highest price defense on the slate. But if we knew that the – we know that this draft Kings board came online last Sunday night and Monday morning, depending on where you are. It reflects that we thought Deshaun Watson was going to play. So you're probably getting a few hundred dollar discount. If you look at the totals in that game, it opened at 42 and a half. It's down to 37 and a half. So five points of movement towards the under is absolutely massive. And the result of that is because Deshaun Watson's not playing. So how much does that really cost in a DFS sense? Are you really paying for a $4,500 defense, but only paying $4,000? You are still paying the most on the slate for it, but you still might be getting a value from where they were originally priced. Yeah. So again, that was just the obvious option. But the team I really like in terms of like DFS is the the Rams. I really like the Rams this week. Um, I think that their value is just like incredible at 3,700. Um, Arizona's not going to be great this week, I don't think. And uh, maybe I want to talk too much on this game because we might be talking about it in about 30 seconds. <laughs> but Rams defense. Oh, yeah. okay. Defenses that I'm sneakily looking at. I mean, Eagles obviously have a good matchup for Zach Wilson. But if we think we're going to play Garrett Wilson and they're going to be let, throwing let me off. Say this. Let me say this. I yeah. don't bet or bet against or with the Jets. So don't take my opinion to this. I have no idea. But if I was not a Jet fan, I would probably guess that that's a great matchup this week. I'll just say that. It's a, yeah, it's of course a great matchup. Vikings are playing in Chicago. So anytime you're going against the Justin Fields Bears, you know, he holds onto the ball a little too long and takes some of the most sacks. The team that's actually been taking the most sacks is the Washington Commanders. So where are the Atlanta Falcons? That's kind of a sneaky defense that I like. Especially at, if you're playing Bijan. They're, they're under the uh, Rams. They're at 3,600. Oh, actually, hold on. Yeah, 3600 you're right. 3600 for the Falcons. If you're playing Bijan and you're not playing the Drake London Ritter stack and you're not hoping for a lot of points, that is very very intriguing to me. I think a lot of optimizers will end up playing them. And then of course, you could just go on the other side of that game. Commanders have a lot of talent and now they're playing off the mini buy in Atlanta. So, it provides a decent opportunity as well. Those are just 
the names to throw out Buccaneers and Lions we're seeing across the optimizer board. Maybe that speaks to your point that it's going to be bad storms there. So you're gaining a ton of value from where we were originally projecting this game. Absolutely. Yeah, that's pretty smart. All right, let's get into the betting side. I did my full slate breakdown and gave out the five best bets that I have this week released on the Tuesday show. They are also on my free gambling substack, the fiddlepicks.substack.com. They are also available on my Twitter at fiddlespicks. But the reason why we wait to the end of the Thursday episode is we get two more bets from Alexander AC. Eight and O against the spread through your four weeks and four appearances being on this pod and giving out two per pod. Now, you don't have to force two picks. You can give us more than two picks. You can give us less than two picks. Whatever you want, but we will try and keep this streak going and alive. Who do you have this week, and what are your favorite best bets? Yeah, so first one, easy, um, and I have it at minus seven as the as this podcast is being recorded. Uh, the Rams versus the Cardinals. Uh, I think the Rams are a very good team considerably versus the Cardinals. I think they have defensive pieces. I think they have a great quarterback. I think they now have more offensive weapons than they need. I think that they lost a close game last week. Is is that what happened? They lost? Yeah, they lost to the Eagles. Yeah, they lost to the Eagles, exactly, which is what I was trying to understand. Like, they played very well against a very good team. With getting Cooper Cup back, now that they have Cooper Cup back a second straight week, and they're like, okay, guess what? We lost against one of the best teams in the NFL. Now we have all of ourselves healthy again and the best defensive player in football and one of the best wide receivers in football and Stafford's healthy as fuck. Like, this could be a week that they need to get on track and just blow a team out because I think that they believe that they can be a NFC playoffs team because the NFC fucking sucks. So, like, this is a week for them to just get back on track against an injured, weird Cardinals team, blow them out, and be like, hey, we can fucking do this thing. I see them going pedal to the metal and just blowing out the Cardinals. So give me the Rams minus seven. What's your next one? Because I actually like that, and I'm going to second it. Betting split, 74% of the bets, 88% of the money on the Rams. We also get the correlated nice angle that it's an overspot, 48% of the bets, 87% of the money on the over, and that line has moved from 47 and a half all the way up to 49. So a clear over spot. And Alex, anytime you have something moving towards the over, you feel better about backing the favorite against a larger spread, right? Because if you need them to win by more than seven points, you want there to be 50 or more points scored. There's just simply more possibilities and outcome prob- possibility, outcome combinations Sorry, that leads you to covering the spread. I kind of like throwing the Rams in a teaser and bringing it down to minus one. Of course, if it moves to 7.5 and we're a few days out from the game with 88% of the money on the Rams, very possible this moves to 7.5 and qualifies as a Stanford Wong teaser leg. Those are the teaser rules. You move through the seven, you move through the three. The only reason why you can break the teaser rules is because you're anticipating it eventually getting to seven and a half. And there's no reason to wait for it to just to move to seven and a half just to fit the rule because then you're teasing it down to one and a half instead of one. If you're planning on doing it anyways and you're predicting the market, you could break the rule in that one instance. Who's your other team that you like? So, going to double down, and this is the one I'm kind of nervous about, but 
they did me right last week when I said that they were going to turn shit around soon once Burrow's fucking calf got healthy. I'm going to go Bengals. I'm going to go Bengals ATS at home. Seahawks coming off a bye scares me, but the Bengals looked healthy last week. They looked like they started to figure stuff out. They put up 34. Seahawks are still a great team in my opinion, but you know, I feel like this is a great opportunity for the Bengals at home to prove that they're still a great team too, coming off a win. Um, minus three is a number that I'm okay with. Like if, if, if the Bengals were, let's say four in, or how many games in we five, if they were four and yeah. one coming into this game, I could easily see the spread being minus six and a half, minus seven, right? So what do you think? Are the Bengals that minus six and a half, minus seven team, or are they that minus three team? Only because they had a kind of a slow start. I tend to think they're still that minus seven team. So with this number, I'll take the Bengals at home. Can I add some context to it? This line in the look ahead from before the season started, when every line is forecasted, was Bengals minus three and a half. You can now get Bengals minus two and a half, even if you shop at Caesars, FanDuel's, WinBet, BetMGM seems to have the best odds. The minus 115 is the lowest juice you could pay. FanDuel's minus 118, Caesars minus 120. Points bet minus 120, all with the 2.5, but other places have, still have the three up. So if you are betting this game, make sure you take that uh, 2.5 and and pay that 12 cents that you're paying for the hook because it is worth it. Uh, it costs about 17 cents for that three that three to two and a half hook. So if you're comparing some of the odds in the market, I've talked about the pricing of these hook lines and what they are cost in cents. It's very insider information. It's very much because I appreciate you listening to this pod 42 minutes in. So I'll give you a little tidbit that the 2.5 versus the three is worth 17 cents on the dollar. Um, so I think that wraps us up, right? If there was going- besides my one bonus game, which I did with the Miami last week when I said by a million, bills by a million too. But hey, you know. Yeah, uh, you're just, just fading the Giants. Giants to lose by a million. It's just forever your advice. They're so bad. They're so bad. So other than let's, that, let's, let's end this with one other thing. I want to kind of find another teaser leg to potentially add to this Rams game. Uh, I'm going to look at the board right now and see what's available. I got, I got one for you immediately. Texans going up to seven and a half would fit the criteria. Uh, Commanders going up to eight and a half would fit the criteria, but I do not want that. Patriots taking them up to eight and a half would fit the criteria. Belichick going against McDaniels. Not sure if I want to back the Patriots right now with how bad that they've been. And it's very obvious to me, you just you just tease the Cardinals down. I mean, sorry, the uh, Cardinals, the Dolphins. Just tease the Dolphins down. They're going to win by twenty no matter what. And just in case it's close, you have some numbers to say. I'm going to disagree with that. You can never tease a 13 and a half because you're paying for 12, 11, and 9 in moving well, that if line. you think they're going to win by 25, you can. No, you can't. Agree to disagree. We'll wrap this up. We'll see how that game plays out. I do it by the math. He does it by selling his soul to the fantasy devil, and he ends up getting it right most of the time. So who the fuck am I? Anyways, that wraps us up for today. Thank you guys for listening, Alex. Thank you, as always, for your time. Everyone, enjoy your Sunday. I will be back with a Saturday Core 4 with Mike LaFemina. And then we have NBA stuff starting very soon. I just released the NBA Awards podcast with Gibby, so definitely go check that out. And I released some win totals and all that stuff, all that good jazz. All right, thank you, guys. Peace out. Happy football, everybody.